The kingdom of heaven, says our Lord, is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. The landowner goes at dawn, midday, noon, and at the end of the day to find laborers. But when the day is ended, all receive the same wage. Now notice how the landowner pays his laborers. I don't mean that he pays them equally, but the manner that he pays them. He begins with the last to arrive and moves down the line toward those who were hired first. Why? The landowner, or our Lord, in telling us this parable, is intentionally provoking an awkward situation. If the landowner simply wished to be generous, he could have paid the first, paid first the workers who arrived early in the morning and then took the other workers aside and paid them afterwards in secret, while the longest working laborers went home, satisfied with their agreed-upon wages. But that is not how the landowner proceeds. He intends to underscore his generosity, not out of pride so that he appears generous, but to make a point to us. The workers who worked all day have not been cheated. They were paid the wages they agreed to at dawn, and yet they're dissatisfied. Why? Well, what about us? Would we have been satisfied with this? Would we be content to see those who had worked an hour paid the same as us who had borne the day's heat? Do we appreciate what we have only in relation to what other people do not have? Do we consider ourselves blessed only when we discover that others have less? Are we less grateful for the things we have we have when we discover that others have more? Do we doubt God's love for us sometimes because we determine that others do not suffer or face the problems and difficulties that we face? The Lord chooses to teach in parables so that his words are applicable to all of us. He could have spoken plainly to his disciples and used examples that would apply strictly to their lives, but he did not. Christ wishes to pose these questions to us as well. Are you envious because I am generous? Perhaps our Lord could say to us, You have everything that God has promised you, and even more, even more without asking for it or working for it. You have your faith, first of all. You have the grace of faith poured into you through holy baptism. You did not ask for this. As an infant, you did not wish for this, but it was yours. You have been placed on the path of heaven because of this, though you did not ask for it. You can be forgiven any sin you commit, should you ask in confession. I have given you the most precious gift of the Holy Eucharist, wherein I give you myself completely in my love. You have been given knowledge of the way to eternal life. What else is more important than all of these things? What else that you do not have? Money, material possessions, worldly success? These are nothing compared to what God has given you. None of these things last. None of these things can get you to heaven. It's not that those things are evil, no, but the things of this earth are given to us for a purpose. Firstly, for our material needs. The laborer deserves his pay, says Scripture. But save our material needs, the things of this world that are entrusted to our care are not given to us as some reward from God. If God chooses to entrust us with some material benefit that others do not have, it is because of God's providence that we have been given the quality of discernment to make use of that gift for the glory of God and the sanctification of his people. People often get bogged down with the concept of a tithe. Protestant Christians are always very eager to argue that Christ abolished the entire law and prophets of the Old Covenant, that there is no place for a law and sacrifice in the life of Christ. And yet, Protestants are famous for the devotion to the tithe, to giving 10%, which of course is found nowhere in the Gospels. It is a law of the Old Covenant. Our Lord demonstrates his concept of generosity through parables. 
And in this parable, we see how his generosity is meant to benefit everyone. It's not based upon a need or a merit. In another parable, our Lord speaks of the poor widow who gives all she has to the temple. There is no limit to the generosity of God. It is not dealt in percentages, and it never counts the cost. The parable our Lord is giving today in the gospel is intentionally designed to force us into questioning our notion of justice and fairness. The mercy of God has nothing to do with fairness, or else we would never receive his mercy. The kingdom of heaven is not fair in a worldly sense. The grace we receive and the love of God are not shown in certain limited amounts of substance that can be divided up into parts. If God's love was given fairly, none of us would have ever seen heaven. We could never work hard enough to gain heaven. Eternal life is offered as a free gift, an entirely free gift, and it must be received as a gift. The, change, the challenges and struggles of this life are offered to us as a preparation to receive the gift of eternal life. So we should be thankful, even for them, for they are offered to us as a gift. Our Lord's parable is meant to demonstrate to us that we cannot compare what we have or have not with anyone else. For everyone is given what they have for the same purpose, for eternal life. God has not been stingy with us. Yet our enemy has taken as his method of action to always cause us to question the generosity of God, to force us into inaccurate comparisons of one another in order to make us doubt God's love for us. We see that in the third chapter of Genesis. Eve is tricked by the serpent to believe that God has hidden some from her, some blessing, some grace that she would be better off having, and that she should seize the moment, she sees it for herself before the chance is lost. The enemy lies to her, saying, God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The evil spirit plans to draw us into a never-ending preoccupation with ourselves, our difficulties, our concerns, our worries over how unfair life is, how we deserve more, more consideration, more gifts, more money, more attention, more respect from others, and more from God. And this will bite at us unceasingly if we allow it. We will come to hate those who we erroneously believe to be more blessed than us. We will hate God's generosity. And this is the enemy's goal. And so in this 25th Sunday of the year, Holy Mother Church wishes to shield us from our enemy's plot. Remember the words we heard in the entrance antiphon. I am the salvation of the people, says the Lord. Should they cry to me in any distress, I will hear them, and I will be their Lord forever.